And a very good morning to you this Thursday morning, November 30th. 30th, that's the one. Uh, 2023. It is exactly 6.59am as I record this podcast, just to let you know. Last day of November, December beckons. We're nearly there. We're nearly into Christmas months. Are you excited about that? It's another very, very cold morning here in Salford. It's freezing. Absolutely freezing. I've just returned to the studio from the local park with the puppies. Nary a person stirring. Nothing happening in the park here in Salford, except me and my puppies walking around it like idiots. They were quite happy, to be fair, running around. Anyway, enough of that. Let's look at the front pages of the UK dailies. Today, we start with the Daily Mirror. It has a photograph on the front page of Helen Skelton, BBC presenter, talking about Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah, lovely. Um, Race Row Royal Pair named on TV show. A couple of people have been accused of racism in this book by Omid Scooby. Endgame, it's called. It's uh, the second book, is it? Or it's one of a series of books about the royal family and the estranged Sussexes, Harry and Meghan. And uh, she accused, a couple of years ago, accused members of the royal household of racism for questioning what colour will her baby be when it eventually pops out. Well, they were named in this guy Scobie's book and they pulled the book in the Netherlands, didn't they? Because they, they, they it was revealed, they realised pretty quickly in the Netherlands that the, the people were named or a person was named. And uh, apparently Piers Morgan, talk TV presenter, named the named those who were named <laughs> the alleged racists bit of a tongue twister that on on uh, talk tv last night so that's getting some coverage today but anyway the big story on the front page of the mirror and the big headline is nightmare at a and e patients are facing a nightmare at accident and emergency departments in england according to the mirror the paper says its investigation found more than half of A and E units in England have been ranked as inadequate or needing improvement by the health watchdog. Financial Times US accuses Indian official of plotting to kill Sikh separatist in New York. Now this is an unnamed Indian government official who is accused of being involved in a plot to murder a Sikh activist in New York. This has emerged in court documents related to the indictment of another Indian citizen. And according to the Financial Times, the case could derail the White House's efforts to improve relations with India. That's interesting, isn't it? The Daily Telegraph, front page, there's a photograph of a mum and a baby. The headline is, Hostage Baby Died in Gaza, Hamas Claims. So the Telegraph is leading with Hamas's claim that its youngest hostage, which was a 10-month-old baby, um, the baby was killed along with his four-year-old brother and their mother in an Israeli bombardment of Gaza. Now, the Israeli military response to this is that, well, we're investigating. The deaths of the mum and the children have not been independently confirmed, okay? Now, they've agreed to extend the ceasefire in uh, Gaza, the Israelis and, and, and Hamas, by another day, 
All right, that's been announced overnight. Qatar is acting as a broker there. So that's the Telegraph then. Daily Express. Um, smile of an innocent lost in a war with no end. So that's the exact same story, is it? Uh, no, it isn't. No, no, it's... Uh, it's yeah, it is. It's the same story as the front page of the Telegraph. The death of that 10-month-old baby. Um, the Times. Migrant deal delays put Rwandan help at risk. What's that all about? Well, this is about the Rwandan government's support for plans to deport asylum seekers from the UK uh, to the East African nation is at risk of collapse. So this is according to the Times, right? This plan the British government has to deport asylum seekers to Rwanda uh, is now losing support from the Rwandan government. Senior British diplomats fear that patience is wearing thin in Kigali because of repeated delays to the scheme. So the Times saying the Rwandans are getting fed up waiting on Rishi Sunak and his government to start delivering asylum seekers uh, to Kigali. As the Daily Mail outrage as royals in Scobie book race row named on TV, mentioned that already, the Piers Morgan show is facing a backlash according to the Daily Mail after naming the royals whose names were linked to alleged racism. So we've done that already. The Metro, no chance, no excuse is the headline. And there's a photograph of Molly Russell on the front page. Molly took her own life back in 2017. It is believed because she saw suicide-related content on social media. It's six years on and her father, Ian Russell, is saying that tech firms have not made enough progress in rolling out measures to protect children online. The Guardian leads with air pollution from fossil fuels kills 5 million people a year. We will come back to that. The I newspaper leads with UK pensions triple lock under threat from 2025. Some Tory MPs and economists, according to the I paper, think that it is time to rethink the pension triple lock. And uh, This is a policy which was introduced back in 2010 and it guarantees that pensions will rise every year by whichever is highest out of inflation, out of average earnings or 2.5%. Some argue the system isn't affordable in the long term because the UK population is ageing. People are not dying soon enough. Yes, the Daily Star has a photograph of Father Dougal Maguire and Father Ted Crilly, the fictional priests from the Great Father Ted sitcom, written by Graham Linehan, of course. And uh, what is down with this sort of thing all about? Well, top boffins predict psycho robots will spell the end for our vicars and priests. AI bots could one day replace vicars. <laughs> you might go to a church service. It might be an AI bot. You might have an Alexa type thing, a speaker, a smart speaker on the altar. Yeah, and you might have an AI bot saying mass. Is there anything to be said for saying another mass? There always is. This is the papers then. I'm Richie Allen. Let's have a look inside. And this one is getting some coverage on the broadcast media this morning because the broadcast media love stirring up the old immigration story, don't they? Because it's a great one for angering people and eliciting an emotional response from the viewers and the listeners. It's a story inside the Telegraph, and the headline reads, We don't know where 17,000 rejected asylum seekers are, 
says Home Office Deputy. Now, the Home Office Deputy is Simon Ridley. He's a senior civil servant. He, um, <laughs> he told MPs that he didn't really know the whereabouts of most of the 17,316 asylum applicants whose cases have been withdrawn in the past year. Search me, Gav. Well, I don't know, do I? As in the clue, he's the second in command at the Home Office and he was being questioned by Sir Matthew Roycroft. Sorry, he was being questioned alongside Sir Matthew Roycroft, his boss, the permanent secretary, over a quadrupling in the number of withdrawn asylum applications in the previous year, right? That's a lot, isn't it? Quadrupling of withdrawn applications. So the number of withdrawn applications in the previous year year even was 4,260, but it leapt to uh, 17,300 and change. So not a clue, really. Um, people failing to attend interviews, people not meeting appointments, not filling in questionnaires, just disappearing, basically. And he was asked um, by Tim Lawton, MP, who's a Commons Home Affairs Committee member, isn't it strange that, conveniently, when faced with a very stiff target, there has been a threefold increase in withdrawals for undetermined reasons, people magically not going forward with their claims. And where are those people? asked Lawton. And Ridley said, well, in most cases, I don't know where those people are. Uh, Have they returned to their home countries? he was asked. I don't know. Lawton said, so you've no idea where those 17,316 people are? And Ripley said, I don't think we know, not at all, no, 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 not really. Lovely. So expect your, your Julia Hartley Brewers and your GB News to be ranting about this this morning. Let's stay with the Telegraph then. This one is interesting. BBC Radio Star struggles with too many white colleagues. Oh dear. BBC Radio Star, this is the headline, I'm not winding him up, struggles with too many white colleagues. Who are they referring to? Well, it is BBC Radio 5 Live presenter Nihal Arsenayake, that's his name, Nihal Arsenayake. He said an overwhelmingly white working environment is affecting his mental health. If I was running BBC Radio 5 Live, and it's a job I might well have had at one time back, in the early 2000s, BBC Radio 5 Live was knocking on my door when I was working in Ireland. That's true. Maybe I could have ended up being the controller of BBC Radio 5 Live. Who knows? In another life, maybe sliding doors. I would be showing the front door to Nihal Arsenayake and telling him to get the fuck out at the speed of light. Because I have no tolerance for this crap. He told a journalism diversity conference yesterday, It's really affecting me that I walk in and all I see is white people. Amazingly, his colleagues' response when he told them this was to reply defensively that they are not racist, he claimed, as he added they were missing the point. You're missing the point. I'm not saying you're racist. It's, no, I'm, I'm making this up, by the way. He hasn't said this. Up to the point now, he has said everything else. He did say, he did say it's really affecting me that I walk in and all I see is white people. But um, effectively, he's saying they're missing the point, you know. Um, they're missing the point. They don't understand that it's very difficult for me not to see people like me. This is what he's saying. He spoke at the Journalism Diversity Fund, at the JDF conference, at BBC Media City in Salford, a stone's throw from BBG Towers. He said, I've seen a lot of people leave this building because they couldn't deal with the culture. 
<laughs> he said people found that they had to try to be a certain type of person at the BBC. If you want journalists to progress, they have to be who they are. He said, I don't think there's a single Muslim involved in the senior editorial processes. You want people to progress. If you want journalists, they have to be who they are. Of course, there's no journalism at the BBC. Now, that's not just a simple, you know, crowd-pleasing generalisation on my behalf. I'm not playing to the gallery. There isn't a single journalist anywhere. Journalism is dead. Let me explain, as I've often explained on the Richie Allen show. Journalism is about going out and gathering news. It is about um, having sources. You know, it is about um, hearing about some information because you've got sources, you've got little tentacles out there in society. And then you getting off your fat arse and going out in the field with a pen and a notepad or a mini disc player, they don't use mini disc players anymore, or a phone to record and go out and find some information. Doesn't happen anymore. Doesn't happen at all. There are two or three news bureaus. They are massive. I've told you about them before. And they send the news stories to newsrooms around the world. And the newsrooms around the world take those stories as fact. They rewrite them in language appropriate for them. And they broadcast those stories to their audiences without checking if they are true or not. So there isn't any journalism. So he says, if you want journalists to progress, they have to be who they are. I would say, first of all, forget about who you fucking are. That's got nothing to do with whether or not you're a journalist. A journalist should be a very curious, very, very curious person. He's very interested in the things going on around him or her. And goes out and finds out things and brings those things back. Holds them up in the sunlight to see what's true and what isn't. But it doesn't go on. So Nihal is upset, you know, and uh, it's affecting his mental health. There are too many white people at the BBC. Hello, Nihal. Hello, Richie. You know I'm the program controller for BBC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the fuck out, man. Go and work somewhere else. Or start your own organisation and fill it with Muslims if you want. Fill it with lesbians and gays. Do whatever you fucking want. Just do it far away from here. I would say the Times, then inside the Times, Elon Musk's foul-mouthed rant at advertisers boycotting Twitter X. Elon Musk's foul-mouthed rant at advertisers who are boycotting him. He told advertisers who abandoned Twitter after he was accused of amplifying anti-Semitism, he told them to go fuck yourself. Elon Musk got all tough. According to the Times, the mercurial billionaire, mercurial, accused brands of, uh, brands even including Apple, Disney and IBM of attempting to blackmail him after they pulled their advertising from the platform this month. Musk provoked allegations of anti-Semitism after endorsing a tweet accusing Jewish people of dialectical hatred against whites. You have said the actual truth, the Tesla chief executive replied to the tweet. Musk appeared at the 2023 Deal Book Summit in New York yesterday, remaining defiant, saying he would not bow to advertisers who threatened to boycott Twitter. He said, if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go fuck yourself, go fuck yourself. Is that clear? I hope it is, said Musk. And then he addressed Bob Iger. Now, Bob Iger is Disney's chief executive. He had previously, at the same summit, where, where Musk was appearing, he, he explained why Disney felt that Disney had to end its association with Twitter and stop advertising with it. And uh, Musk had a pop at him 
when he uh, addressed the the meeting. He said, hey, Bob, if you're in the audience, and then had a go at him anyway. Very good. The Guardian. So, the, so COP28 begins, doesn't it, in Dubai. Air pollution from fossil fuels kills 5 million people a year. Now, there is no proof of this, but it doesn't matter. Proof is irrelevant in this uh, basket case paradigm we currently inhabit. It, it claims, The Guardian, that uh, figures published on the eve of the COP28 climate summit, so this happened yesterday, um, show that air pollution from fossil fuel use is killing 5 million people worldwide every year. A death toll much higher than previously estimated. Well, that's handy, isn't it? The the, the timing of these things is wonderful. Research has shown that switching from fossil fuels to clean, renewable energy sources would save many lives from air pollution and help combat global heating. However, until now, mortality estimates have varied widely. Until now. But again, on the eve of the conference. Fantastic. This is really useful. A new modelling study suggests air pollution from the use of fossil fuels in industry, power generation and transportation accounts for 5.1 million avoidable deaths a year globally. These findings were published in the BMJ. Wow. Yeah, so COP28 begins today. And we're going to cover that as best as we possibly can. Be talking about it on the Richie Allen Show this evening, which begins at four o'clock. We'll have some commentary on that, no doubt. The Sun, always with the important stories in the Sun or the Scum, as it is known in these parts. Headline: Chalk Shocker, Cadbury ruins Christmas vibe by discontinuing only hot chocolate Brits actually like. So, according to the Sun, there is a there is a single, only a single. Hot chocolate that is actually liked by Brits. What is it? Chocolate lovers have been left devastated by the news. Cadbury has discontinued their favourite treat in a move they say is just not the Christmas vibe. A confused Brit. This is what I talked about on the papers on Tuesday or Monday. You know, lazy people working for tabloid newspapers. Looking at Twitter taking random tweets from nobodies and turning them into news stories. And this is another example of this. A confused Brit hoping to stock up on Cadbury's Whisper hot chocolate for the holiday season took to Twitter after struggling to find the product at multiple stores. Marie Baker of Leicester wrote on the platform, Hey, Cadbury UK, why can't I find Whisper hot chocolate anywhere? In response, Cadbury tweeted back to Marie, The Whisper Gold hot chocolate has been discontinued. However, we still have lots of other chocolatey treats to try. Wow. One UK resident who goes by Rosebud wrote in a review of Whisper, This is the only instant hot chocolate we drink, perfectly frothy, with a delicious chocolate taste. That actually is in the sun. (laughs) Now, if they really want to make people mad, they could discontinue the Curly Whirly from Cadbury Selection Boxes. The Curly Whirly, which I don't think you can buy in newsagents. At least I've never seen it in a newsagent anyway, but it magically appears every Christmas in Cadbury's Selection Boxes. Hint, 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 hint. Dearest listener, there is a P.O. box for the Richie Allen Show. Hint, hint, curly whirly me. Curly whirly the bejesus out of me. The iPaper. Inside the iPaper. Project 2025. Trump allies plan for totalitarian second term. And this is an opinion piece in the iPaper. It says that Trump's declarations 
in the lead-in, the run-up to the election next year, should be taken very seriously. He's going to bring in totalitarianism, says the I paper. It says that on the 25th of June, speaking to Detroit Republicans at one of these rallies Trump loves so much, he said, quote, we will demolish the deep state. The paper says his associates are drafting plans to potentially invoke the Insurrection Act on his first day in office, which would allow him to deploy the military in response to civil demonstrations. Trump wants to use the military to put down civil demonstrations, says the I paper. Um, it, it quotes the Project 2025 website, which is created by conservative and very conservative think tanks and campaign groups, and it's planning a vision for the next Republican government, Project 2025. And a woman called Patricia Crowes, a political scientist at the University of New Haven, says the plans outlined on this particular website would allow Trump to take complete control of the executive branch of the government. Right? Agencies like the Department of Justice and the Environment. Now, these are supposed to be independent, says Patricia, staffed with qualified people and experts. But Trump will fill these with supporters and people from a very conservative background. The Justice Department would be used to punish his enemies. There are genuine concerns. These are the actions of a dictator, says Patricia Crow. So that's in the iPaper today. And that's kind of the best of the UK broadsheets and tabloids today. Let's just very quickly before I part company with you until four o'clock, have a look at the BBC News website. Now, I didn't mention it thus far, but I will be mentioning it and talking about it on the Richie Allen Show later. But Henry Kissinger is dead. There's a party in hell. And all the old monsters and ghouls are invited. Henry Kissinger, President Nixon's foreign affairs guru, the Secretary of State, is dead. The man who said that power was the ultimate aphrodisiac. The warmongering madman. Yeah, Kissinger. Really important when you talk about Bilderberg and all of that. So we might very well have a guest talking about Kissinger's death and the implications of it and who he was and why he was such an important figure in kind of leading societies leading the world to where we are now, you know, hurtling towards this great reset. So we might talk about Kissinger. In fact, we will a little bit later on. The BBC is also reporting that the Royal Navy is sending another warship to the Gulf. The UK, HMS Diamond, a Type 45 destroyer, is en route to the Gulf to join the frigate HMS Lancaster. The Defence Secretary Grant Shapp says it's critical that the UK bolsters its presence in the region. That's not good, is it? Uh, Greta Thunberg is being uh, is, is is receiving a bit of coverage, not just on the BBC. COP28, of course, mentioned it already. And the BBC reporting that in response to the beginning of the COP28 conference, Greta Thunberg's uh, attitude is blah, blah, blah. You might know what that is referencing. It's referencing previous comments made by Thunberg about COP conferences in the past, blah, blah, blah. What else is there? Um, that's pretty much it, really. Just stop oil protesters held outside Sunak's London home. 16 people were arrested after Just Stop Oil held a protest outside 
uh, Sunak's West London home last night, Wednesday night. Just Stop Oil said about 18 people gathered at the Kensington property holding placards and made themselves heard by beating pots and pans. The Met Police came uh, fairly quickly and took uh, 18 of them into custody, or 16 of them, excuse me, 16 of them into uh, custody. That's the the best, I suppose, of the BBC News website this Thursday morning, the 30th of November 2023. And that is the papers for today. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Do share it with others. As I've already mentioned, I'm live on air at 4 o'clock UK time this evening with the Richie Allen Show Thursday's edition, where we'll talk about COP28, and uh, for sure we'll talk about the death of Henry Kissinger, won't we? You have a great Thursday. Wrap up and keep warm because it's a freezer out there. Speak later. Bye.